0: Ah, and we... Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, IR Radio. So, However you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today is a big old Tuesday, folks. We got the play-in tournament kicking off today in the NBA. Two games on, two teams are going to be securing the seventh seed. Potentially, we got to see what the matchups are, whether they're the 7 or 8 or 9, 10 matchups. But regardless, we've got play in basketball today. Didn't have any NBA on last night. Couldn't bet the NBA last night, but now we are back, folks. NBA playoff, uh, the prelude to playoff basketball beginning tonight. So today on the show, we will be breaking down those two games, picking the spreads, choosing some winners, and maybe cashing in. Does that sound good to y'all? Cashing in today in the playing tournament games. That sounds pretty good over here folks. So betting on the NBA tonight and breaking down the matchups and Folks, folks, why this is not just a regular big old Tuesday. No, no, this is the Tuesday folks. Are y'all ready? I know y'all been waiting I've been waiting and the day is finally here folks. It's the Malik Willis show folks. Yes, sir We are finally 100% wild watching this man breaking him down and finally seeing what all the hype is about folks If y'all don't really pay attention to college football at all and you just kind of, you know, hear about the draft and, you know, hear what the national media says and all that, you know, just rely on them to see who's good and who's bad. Is Malik Willis going to live up to the hype? Because that's all they're talking about. We know this isn't a very deep, good quarterback draft class. There's really one, two big names, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, and Malik Willis really ballooned, really boomed up during his kind of draft workout at the combine and his uh, private uh, workout show at his own school and all that. That's really when he took off. So, is this man going to look good on the stat sheet? Is he going to look good in college? Or was it all just kind of big flashy throws against no defense on those kind of pro days? So, we will see. Does Malik Willis live up to the hype? And he. Be better. I mean, we've been uh, uh, teasing this man for the last month, trying to get this man on the show. Finally watch and break down this man. So, we will see. Malik Willis, you better live up to this hype. We got our, no- we got our notes out, folks. We're going to be taking notes on the man, alright? We want all these to be, wow, that's all I want the note to be on Malik Willis. Wow, uh, jaw on the floor. We'll see what this man is all about. And then there's uh, some good NFL stories to go over. We uh, There's some good ones that uh, we can really talk about here. So, uh, yeah, packed show today, folks. Great stuff to talk about. So let's start here. We'll start in the NBA. Then we'll go to Malik Willis in the NFL stories. But uh, before we break down any potential play-in tournament matchup and pick the winner and pick the spreads, there's about three NBA stories I want to talk about quickly. And let's start here with the first one up man oh man let's uh, i want to shout out this man because this is interesting and uh so let's uh, set the scene here we go the Lakers, well, we could talk about this because this is the prelude to it. So here we go. The Lakers have officially fired Frank Vogel, the head coach of the Lakers. Now, this was, you know, rumored to be happening for like the last two months. When the Lakers were like the 10th seed at or the ninth seed, whatever they were, at like the all-star break. This is when all the rumors started to go like, hey, Frank Vogel's pretty much gonna be on his way out, regardless of what happens with the Lakers, whether they make the playoffs, miss the playoffs, whatever it is, Frank Vogel. Vogel. Vogel was looking to kind of be the scapegoat for this Lakers season, and uh, then we just kind of kept seeing this Lakers team lose and lose and lose and drop out of the playing tournament and all that, and we all knew Frank Vogel was going to get fired, and it ended up happening yesterday, folks. So, Frank Vogel officially out as the Lakers head coach and uh, a name that's kind of been floating around a little bit maybe the last week two weeks was that Nick Nurse the head coach of the Raptors would kind of be the main target for the Lakers to go out and get now that really just never made any sense to me Nick Nurse I mean he doesn't need i it didn't seem to me like he needed to kind of go and to a big team to kind of get all that recognition we've seen what he's been able to do with this Raptors team we've been gushing over Nick Nurse ever since we started this show Raptors winning the championship with Nick Nurse as the head coach this Raptors team once again competitive Uh, what do we got the fifth seed Raptors now because of Nick Nurse this man is what coaching is folks when you look up coaching in the dictionary in the NBA it's Nick Nurse there fantastic so Oh, this uh, this guy on Twitter uh, verified Harrison Fagan. Harrison Fagan this man. He's the editor-in-chief for Lakers Silver screen and roll we get rewind this man. The man is verified folks. All right He knows what he's talking about here in these couple of tweets I want to read he's kind of convincing me that yeah, maybe uh, Nick nurse should go to the Lakers and be the head coach and now it's kind of making sense And this man has the perfect Punchline at the end. I Love it. So shout out to Harrison Fagan. Let's to read you some of these tweets here about Nick Nurse potentially joining the Lakers as the new head coach. So here he is. Here he goes. Says this first tweet up. Everyone asking quote, why would Nick Nurse want to coach the Lakers? Is asking the wrong question. The better question is quote, why wouldn't a coach who plays in a band and has his own branded caps want to coach the Lakers? So alright, I didn't even know about this for Nick Nurse. The man has his own band folks, alright? He's got his own branded caps, alright? Nike brand, his band name cap. So he likes some attention. He likes the limelight a little bit. And that's definitely LA. Yes, folks, it's definitely not Toronto. You're in a whole different country. The man is coaching Canadian basketball, folks, okay? So he has an opportunity to maybe you know promote himself a little bit, get a little bit more into the spotlight, the limelight, get a little bit more recognition because you're in LA. You know nobody even pays attention to the Raptors. If you know you stopped anybody on the street and be like, all right, what are the uh, what are the sixteen teams? All right, guys, what are the. Uh, how do we even phrase this anymore? Uh, what are the top 20 teams in the NBA? What are the 20 teams in the NBA that have a playoff chance? Because we get the you know playing tournament and all that. If you asked a random guy in the street, they would probably leave out the Raptors. You know, you'd get the Bucks, you'd get the uh, Suns, you'd get the Nets, you'd get the uh, the Celtics and all that. And then that one team, they'd be like, oh, what what other team? You know, you you got 19 out of 20. Just one more team, one more team, you can do it. And they would leave out the Raptors. I mean, nobody thinks about the Raptors folks this team is so undervalued in the media and all that uh, their starting lineup is brilliant but that's really it this man is getting it done with only a good starting lineup with nothing good coming off the bench so Nick Nurse we love him as a head coach potentially now going to the Lakers let's see what else this man tweets out as well we get Nick Nurse and LeBron can bond over how they both scouted Scotty Barnes. Yes, there. Now they've got stuff in common. And, you know, to go to the Lakers, to be the head coach of the Lakers, you're going to have to get along with LeBron James. That's really all there is to it. LeBron is a huge factor of any team he goes on, and rightfully so. The man is dominant. The man gives you a chance to win a ring, not just a chance to win a game, a couple of games to get into a into the playoffs. I don't know. The man gives you a legitimate chance to win a ring every single year. One of the greatest players to ever play the game. Uh, Debated, he's the greatest player still in the league right now. So you let LeBron James kind of do whatever he wants within reason. Same thing you would do with Tom Brady. You know, know, everybody's kind of saying he forced Bruce Arians out of the head coaching role. Yeah, you let Tom Brady do that because he's Tom Brady. Obviously, you don't let him go manic and kind of fire everybody and bring in only people. That he wants to be brought in, but overall, you kind of you know listen to him a lot more than you would a lot of other players in general managers, even coaches. I think we live, we would listen to LeBron more than some coaches as well. So, Nick Nurse is a Clutch client, Clutch Sports, which is basically they run the NBA, Clutch Sports really kind of gets whatever they want because they're affiliated with LeBron James, LeBron James really kind of helped Clutch Sports be that big brand that they are now, so Nick Nurse is part of Clutch Sports and a Phil Jackson disciple. He truly is the chosen one meant to bring balance to the force. And then this last tweet right here. Absolutely fantastic. Because we've also been hearing that potentially Doc Rivers would get the Lakers head coaching job. But then this man ends this kind of tweet thread perfectly. He says this. In conclusion. Sometimes when you're ill, you don't need a doc. You just need a nurse. Oof. Oof, in conclusion, sometimes when you're ill, you don't need a doc, you just need a nurse. Man, oh man, is that poetic or what, folks? Man, oh man, Nick Nurse instead of Doc Rivers. Yes, yes, we've been telling you Doc Rivers is not a good head coach, folks. We know this, absolutely not. We we take any coach, um, especially Nick Nurse, who's hands down, what did we say yesterday? Hands down, no debate, nose down, ears down, eyes down, head down, chin down, arms down, fingers down, knees down, toes down, better. Nick Nurse is better than Doc Rivers. Eric Spoelstra is better than Doc Rivers. Teme Uduka, who is the first-year head coach with the Celtics, is already better than Doc Rivers. Stop it with the Doc Rivers. That's the three. I I think I forgot about this. Didn't I give you all till last Friday to drop these narratives? Stop it with the Nets, stop it with the Jazz, and stop it with Doc Rivers? Didn't we give you the ultimatum on Friday? I think Friday was like that last day. You must stop talking about one of those three stories. And I don't think any of you all have stopped any of those three stories. So the hell are you all doing? I gave y'all an ultimatum and y'all are openly defying me? What the hell are y'all doing? What the hell are y'all think y'all doing out there? So stop it with Doc Rivers. <clears throat> Sometimes when you're ill, you don't need a doc. You just need a nurse. So, yeah, I would love for Nick Nurse to stay as, you know, kind of the head coach of the Raptors. He's built something so special there. I would love him to kind of, you know... Just stay there and kind of be like a Greg Popovich. No, I'm 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 the Spurs guy. This is where I am and this is what I'm gonna do. And I'm gonna bring championships on championships. I'm going to make this team a diamond dynasty and I'm gonna put this team on the map. He could do that for the Raptors. But you know, if he wants to, you know, coach LeBron, get into a little bit of a better market, be in the United States coaching, I can't blame him for that. So Nick Nurse, I think I'm kind of green lighting him to the Lakers we will love to see what this man could do with truly the biggest spotlight on him But I think he can definitely succeed folks so Nick Nurse to the Lakers, it's all adding up, folks. So we'll see if uh, that's what happens once we get a little bit uh, done with the season, once the playoffs end and all that. You know, these stories will be ramping up even more. But man, oh man, Nick Nurse to the Lakers. I'm kind of loving it, folks. I'm kind of loving it. Shout out to Harrison Fagan once again for kind of uh, turning us around. I-, I think I'm buying it. Alright, and then the last thing to talk about quickly here, we get uh, this, the Pacers could be a potential suitor to acquire Russell Westbrook this offseason, so it definitely seems like Russell Westbrook is not going to be a Laker, LeBron will do everything in his power to make sure LeBron, er, uh, to make sure Russell Westbrook is not on this Lakers team, as long as LeBron is on this Lakers team next season, so they're already saying that the Pacers could be a potential suitor to acquire Russell Westbrook, and we really don't want that because once again the Pacers are not good it's in the fibers of their organization of them not being a good team not being able to win good games that's really all it is they can't even win any good games that they should be winning or even any good wins they don't have any good quality wins we'll put it like that this team has not won a quality win in the last five years folks at minimum So don't want Russell Westbrook going there, but where is he going to go, especially after this season, folks? I mean, this man has maybe even like blacklisted from the NBA of how just everybody piled on piled on piled on piled on top of this man all year long. Besides us, y'all know we didn't do that over here. We did not contribute to any of the piling on Russell Westbrook. So don't point fingers at me like, you did it too. No, no, no. We did it. What are you, crazy? We put our foot down. As soon as it began, we said, we will not to have any part of this. would are you crazy? So we don't want Russell Westbrook to go to the Pacers, but I know his overall market isn't anything that big. Hopefully y'all didn't bully this man out of the league. That would be truly disappointing, but we'll see where Russell Westbrook goes. Definitely no, he will not be a Laker next year. Don't want him to go and kind of end his career with the Pacers because that's just going to the graveyard, <laughs> waiting to die. Not good. So just something to keep note of as we, as some teams, we should say, head into their offseason pacers, looking at potentially getting Russell Westbrook. All right, those were all the few stories I wanted to cover today in the NBA. So now we can talk about the games on tonight, folks, to play in tournament games. And these are, uh, okay, we get, we get, uh, is this right? Yeah, here we go. Okay. I was about I was, that didn't look right. All right, but we refreshed it and we got it right. So here we go. We got both seven, eight matchups on tonight. Nine, ten matchups tomorrow. And then we have the remainder on Friday. Seems to be the current schedule of the playing tournaments. So Let's talk about them, preview them, and see is there any good value here. Here we go. First game up, we got Cavs at the Nets. There is home court advantage this time um, to the higher-seeded team. So, Nets are at home. This is not a neutral court or anything like that, like it was uh, in the bubble. So, Cavs at the Nets. Cavs plus 9.5. Nets minus 9.5. Woof. Woof. Cavs plus nine and a half is truly calling our name. Once again, this Nets team, they don't play defense, but let's check the ins and outs for the Cavs. Oh, Jared Allen is out. No game time decision. Is that right? He's got to be game time decision. No, you're just going to rule him out like that. Jared Allen out Tuesday. Wow. Wow. 17 hours ago, truly confirmed. Jared Allen is a no go. They won't even kind of play the mental game of, hey, he's a game time decision. May play. Even, you know, if the Cavs knew he wasn't going to play, just throw that out there. Be like, nuts, you should prepare. He's going to be out there, you know? But they're not even doing that. No, yesterday they told us out. No, not going to play. All right. Uh, so no Jared Allen for the Cavs for the Nets. We get Ben Simmons still not playing. We knew that though. And then Seth Curry, a game time decision. And We definitely know this Nets team. They must have Seth Curry and Andre Drummond on the floor if they want any chance of winning any playoff games this season. <clears throat> So, Cavs plus 9.5, Nets minus 9.5. I am leaning toward the Cavs plus the points here right now. What is maybe holding me back a little bit? Will there be any holding yourself back because you don't want to face the Celtics? Winner gets the 7th seed here, folks, so 2-7, 1-8 in the matchup here. Do these teams want to face the Heat more than the Celtics? I don't think so. I mean, let's just kind of, you know, who would you rather face? Would you rather face the Heat or the Celtics opening round of the playoffs? I would rather face... The Celtics, just for the reason that is their depth. That's really it. We know the Celtics are great, don't get me wrong, we, we've we been gushing over this team all year long. We love Jason Tatum, but not having Robert Williams you could try to take advantage of, and the lackluster depth, when, when you're looking at the Heat, they have that great big, they've got Bam Adebayo, and they got that great depth that we always gush about, Tyler Hero, Gabe Vincent, now Duncan Robson exactly where he belongs, I mean, they've got the bench, they've got the great coach, they've got the superstars, so I would rather just face the Celtics. Now, we know the Celtics got a great defense, another reason why we would not want to face them, but just opening first round of the playoffs, yeah, I think we're trying to get that seven seed to try and face the Celtics to see if we can take advantage of their lackluster depth. So... Nets probably wanting to try to win this, you know, for uh, that easier, quote-unquote easier. And once again, I don't want to go too loosely on that word easier because it's not easy. The Celtics are still a great team. We still have the Celtics beating the Nets regardless of what happens. And, uh, you know, 4-2, we just walked through that yesterday. So if the Celtics face the Nets, yeah, they can win that series, absolutely. And then if the Celtics face the Cavs, well, of course they win that. They sweep that series, no problem. So, Cavs plus nine and a half, I think I'm going for it. We've seen this Cavs team be really scrappy. They've lost that scrappiness a little bit, you know, ever since the All-Star break, you know really is when it started to go downhill because the injuries started to pile up, but I think this Cavs team can dig in deep here. One game, be competitive. Evan Mobley, we need Karis Levert to truly step it up. Kevin Love's got to go manic off the bench. Um, and then uh, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, we got to have great production from them as well, but we've got the pieces here for the Cavs to, you know, put up points and to score and to be competitive. Once again, this Cavs team, they can play some good defense. I mean, this Cavs defense I would say is better than the Nets defense. So, Nets uh, truly just rely on Kevin Durant. We know this, so how aggressive is Kevin Durant going to be? Probably pretty aggressive. I mean, they know that they can't really have a loss here in the playing tournament. It will just rile up the media. And we know that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they don't handle the media well. They, they really kind of always have to have the media on their side. So, if you lose this game and then have to kind of do a do-or-die game for that last playoff spot... The media is going to be hounding this Nets team, absolutely hounding them. So I think the Nets can definitely win this game, but I'm going to bet the Cavs here that they're competitive in this game. We're going to take the 9.5 here. Cavs, come on, show us that early grit that we saw in the first half of the season. Go out and bring that out there tonight. Go out and try to upset this Nets team, but I'm going to take the 9.5. Alrighty, so we're taking Cavs plus nine and a half, and then we get the other game on tonight. Clippers, Timberwolves. Once again, winner gets the seventh seed. Clippers plus three. Ooh, I love that. Timberwolves minus three for the Clippers. Everybody's good to go besides Luke Kennard. He's a game time decision. So we get Paul George out there. That's going to be big. And then look at this everybody's good to go for the Timberwolves. Woohoo! Woof! All right. But I am going to take the three here with the Clippers. Having the big three of the Timberwolves there is absolutely fantastic. They're truly going to need them all. But we know this Clippers team, they're different with Paul George. This is an above average. This is a little bit. They're on the cusp. This Clippers team, when they have Paul George, they don't even need Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard brings them over the mark. But with just Paul George with this Clippers team, it puts them on like the cusp of the best teams in the league, the upper echelon. Teams they're right on the cusp with just Paul George. Qui Leonard puts them into the cusp, puts them over the cusp. Into the upper echelon teams, but this Clippers team with Paul George on the cusp of upper echelon team where this Timberwolves team, they still struggle to beat the upper echelon teams even at full strength. So we love this Timberwolves team, don't get me wrong, but this Clippers team is legit, folks, legit. They are, I don't know if they're finals contenders with just Paul George, but they're like... Western Conference Finals contenders with just Paul George, and I get three points here. I got to take that, folks. Once again, we need everything to go right for this Timberwolves team to just win this game, just to win by one point. Everything needs to go perfect. The big three need to play out of their mind. I'm talking 20 plus points by all the big three. While also assisting and rebounding whenever they do well. Carl Anthony Towns with the rebounding. D'Angelo Russell with the assist. And then Anthony Edwards, a mix of the two. But then we also need their bench and the role players to step up as well. It's just too many things need to go right for this Timberwolves team to have success. This Clippers team is no stranger to playoff pressure. Uh, we've seen that multiple times of all the wildness their series have been. Um, you know, the last few seasons. So, Clippers in the playing tournament, I get plus three. They are on the road, which is the biggest knock. But at the end of the day, I don't know if that's going to play in too much. Paul George gets it done. Ty Lue gets it done. Um... Why am I blanking on the point guard's name again? I did it last. Yeah, I did it yesterday on the show, and I was kicking myself for it. why can I not Reggie Jackson? There it is. Reggie Jackson's gonna be playing out of his mind, and I'm gonna take the three here with the Clippers. I can't pass up that value. Clippers plus three, yes sir. Give me those points. We love the Timberwolves. We would love to see the Timberwolves team win. Absolutely, to, to get this Timberwolves team into the playoffs, fantastic. I would love to see that. But, but I think this value is just too good. The experience of the Clippers is what pulls through here today. I'm taking the Clippers plus the three. So officially betting and officially endorsing today Cavs plus nine and a half Clippers plus three playing tournament games. They should be competitive. We're taking the points with them today. Cavs plus the nine and a half Clippers plus the three. All righty, that is all the NBA we had to go over for today. So now let's shift gears to the NFL. And we're not even going to be starting with the stories, folks. We are going straight into our man Malik Willis, folks. Can this man be a starting quarterback in the NFL? Should this man be the first quarterback taken in this year's draft Should he be taken first overall? Should the Jaguars uh, dump Trevor Lawrence to get Malik Willis? Should we be having that discussion after we watch this man and break down his stats and tape? Well, let's find that out, folks. And let's see which team is going to potentially pull the trigger on him as well. Y'all know we got the Panthers. We got the Saints. Both got some top 10 picks here. Potentially wanting to... um, potentially wanting to get a quarterback, and I meant to say the Seahawks, not the Saints, but also the Saints could be in contention as well. They would have to wait a little bit later into the draft because they pick at 16, but there are teams this season that could use a quarterback, a rookie quarterback. Let's see if Malik Willis is going to fit that bill. So here we go, our first NFL 2022 NFL Draft Prospect Breakdown of the Year folks and it only took us till April 12th to get the first one in. We still got a couple of days before the draft so I guess we're not too late but let's see what Malik Willis has for us. So here we go folks. Malik Willis Auburn quarterback Uh, he's buzzing, folks. He's buzzing. He was buzzing after the pro day. He was buzzing after the combine. This man has truly been the talk of the town quarterback-wise, rookie quarterback-wise in the national media. So let's see if we agree. Are the stats backing it up? We break down the stats. Y'all know kind of uh, well, we have to refresh y'all because we haven't broken down a uh, college quarterback yet this year. But, you know, we obviously take the stats. We take the film. But another key thing that we truly, we put a lot of stake into this, folks, is their bowl game performances. So much time to prepare for a bowl game. I'm talking you got about a month, a full month just to prepare for one game. So you better go out there. And if you don't win it, you better be playing your tail off in a close game all throughout and just came up a little bit short regardless of what happened. But we really need to see Perfect execution in these bowl games. So we'll see if Malik Willis got to any bowl games, played well in those bowl games, and what he looked like in general. So let's start breaking them down. Let's start with the stats, and then we'll go to some film. Got some nice clips. Got some nice highlight tapes from him and all of that. So here we go. Malik Willis started out in Auburn in 2017-2018, but he wasn't really playing there, folks. Uh, attempted seven passes, seven passes freshman year and seven passes sophomore year for 14 passes in total at Auburn. And he just wasn't getting playing time, so he decided to transfer to Liberty for his final two years. And uh, this is when he really picked it up. So first two years in college, couldn't fit the bill in Auburn. At Auburn and let's see who the quarterback was at Auburn 2017 and 2018 who did he get beat out by is this man on the is this man in the NFL did he get beat out by an NFL level talent let's see we had Jarrett Stidham and Devin Adams Will Appleton They carried five quarterbacks. They had Sean White, Will Appleton, Devin Adams, and then the highest big name, Jared Stidham, who did get into the NFL. But we know Jared Stidham, nothing really good from the man. Never really got an opportunity, but, you know, we've seen this man in action a little bit. Backing up, uh, I believe, for the Patriots. Jared Stidham, we get Jared Stidham in a a Patriots jersey. Let's see what quickly Jared, uh, Jared Stidham did in the NFL. Quickly bring this man up. Here we go. Jared Stidham, yeah, New England, just a couple of years in New England so far. Never had, you know, the chance to really play. They got Mac Jones over Jared Stidham still. So Jared Stidham really wasn't that good. And Malik Willis kind of got beat out by him 2017. Now, let's see what happened 2018 at Auburn. Was it still Jared Stidham or did somebody else come in and kind of beat him out? Now, it wouldn't be good. It would not be good if somebody, if they just brought in another quarterback, Jared Stidham left and all that. So let's see who the starting quarterback was for Auburn in 2018, the following year. Here we go. We had Jared Stidham again, again. All right. 2,700 yards, 18 touchdowns. And once again, Malik Willis could not beat out Jared Stidham. All right. Not looking too good right off the rip. But. But he ended up transferring to Liberty in 2020 and ended up playing there. So let's take this man's stats from the 2020 season, his junior year at Liberty. He goes 64% completion percentage. Now, okay, that's still a little bit light, folks. Once again, 62 to 65, that's good in the NFL. But when we're talking college, folks, we really got to see like 67 to 70. That's really what's what's impressive in college college, especially if you're going to go and play at Liberty, independent, I mean, come on, you were at Auburn in the SEC, couldn't beat out Jared Stidham, now you have to go to a lesser collegiate division, the independent conference. And you couldn't really kind of fit the bill. I mean, we're talking about 64% completion percentage. That's nothing good. And why we have these higher bars in college, you may say, well, you know, shouldn't you have a lower bar in college? You know, it's a less professional sport. No, no, no. We've got worse defenses in college. Absolutely atrocious defenses in college. Colleges rarely even play defense. They rarely even send anybody out there on defense, folks. We all watch college fo- football every Saturday. Don't you only see the offense out there? They don't even put a defense out there, folks. So, only 64%, that's really light, that's really light, 2,200 yards, that's light as well, and we get 20 touchdowns and 6 interceptions, all of that just seems so light to me, folks, it's a little bit too light, is this man a dual threat quarterback, is this man rushing all over the place? Well, yeah, we get a couple of rushing yards. All right, now we're talking 944 rushing yards in 2020, and he had another 14 touchdowns on that. So, all right, overall 34 touchdowns, six interceptions. Do we get fumbles lost? See that? And once again, this is probably this, this is the only stat where it's so hard to truly find an accurate number. We've we must we truly must find a better way to track fumble losses and all that. Sports Reference has a real issue um tracking forced fumbles, lost fumbles and all that, fumbles recovered, forced fumbles, all that, fumbles lost. They have a real trouble, they have a real issue with tracking those unfortunately. So, we do have 14 touchdowns. We really can't see any fumbles here. Can't really find any of his fumbles unfortunately. But all right, 34 touchdowns, six turnovers at the minimum. So not bad there. And he rushed and he put up over about 3,000 yards, about 3,200 total yards from scrimmage through the run in the past. So not bad. Bad overall, but that completion percentage, that's a little alarming. Everything else, all right, the touchdowns, it's pretty much there, running the pass. Six interceptions, that's fine. Single digits, all right. 3,000 total yards, pretty okay as well, but that's 64%, I don't know. That's really throwing me off. But uh, let's go into 2020, because he did get to a bowl game. Did he win the bowl game? Did he look good in the bowl game? So, first bowl game in 2020 against North Carolina, Coastal Carolina. They get the win, bingo, bango. love it. Winning a bowl game, fantastic. He threw 65% completion percentage, so above his average. We can definitely get behind that. 210 yards, no touchdown, two interceptions. Ooh, that's not good. But he did have 137 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns. So that was good. But I mean, to be a dual threat in the NFL, we need the passing numbers to be good. Kyler Murray's good at running and throwing. Russell Wilson is good at running and throwing. Lamar Jackson is good at running and throwing. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is good at running and throwing. You can't just be a running quarterback in the NFL. That does not work anymore. I don't know if that's ever really worked, uh, but it doesn't work now in today's NFL, so all right, we're really going to be having to key in on when we watch his highlights that we have queued up, we're truly going to have to look at ball placement, because accuracy seems to be his biggest issue, <coughs> All right, so first year at Liberty, not bad overall. We'll give him that. A solid first year starting, starting, first year starting in college. I'll give him a good grade there. We'll give him a thumbs up there. But let's see if he got better in 2021. So here we go. He played 13 games this year. Only played 10 the first year at Liberty. And then just this season, he played 30 or 13. But look at this, folks. 61% completion percentage. Oh, folks. Folks, this is disgusting. This is bad. 61, we have to call it like it is. That's bad, folks. That's bad in the NFL. That's Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold threw worse than that, and <laughs> we know that's bad, uh, but this is bad, folks. 61%, that's nothing good, folks. Oh, goodness. 2,800 yards passing, so still under that 3,000-yard passing mark. He did have 27 touchdowns. Touchdowns did go up passing-wise, but so did interceptions. So more throws, more throws, less completion percentage, more touchdowns, but also more turnover. So after everything increases good and bad when you when the throw totals go up as well 200 or excuse me 339 attempts this season compared to 265 attempts his first season where he did pretty decent. So, man oh man, you give him more throws, he's not making them at a better percentage clip rate. That's not good. But let's see, was his rushing good this year? No, the rushing went down 878 yards. Uh, 13 touchdowns. So, rushing went down, passing went up, but passing production went down. Uh, uh. I'm not liking this, folks. Look at this. Like, uh, everything went down. He got worse. We got worse. We can't can't buy into somebody getting worse every year in college. That's kind of our knock on Trey Lance. We only saw Trey Lance one year in college because the next year it got shut down for COVID and he had a worse year so far. Granted, it was only one game, but still, he got worse. He got worse in college. Oh, this is not good for Malik Willis. He's really going to have to wow us in the film because these numbers are a big old woof out here. But he did get to another bowl game in 2021. Is this man just clutch? Let's see. Here we go. His second bowl game against Eastern Michigan. They get the win. Yes, love it. Winning the bowl game, folks. That's fantastic. Pulling it out in the clutch. All right, let's break down the stats. But look at this, folks. In the bowl game, 54 completion percentage. Look at these last three games. Look at these last three games of the season before the bowl game, folks. Three straight losses. Three straight losses before the bowl game. 64% completion percentage, zero touchdowns, three interceptions for only 173 yards. That's not good overall. Completion percentage is good, but everything else that we said was trash. Then, another loss. 41% completion percentage, two touchdowns, two picks. And then the third game, 52% completion percentage, 305 yards, one touchdown, one pick. I mean, this is not good overall, folks. I don't know if we take a chance on Malik Willis, man. Oh, man. All right, so passing in the bowl game wasn't good. What do you do rushing in the bowl game? We had 58 rushing yards, two touchdowns. So, the man's a good rusher. The man may have some speed, but look at this little nugget of information. and this is what we're really gonna have to focus on right here, folks, because what is our big narrative of the off season? I know we haven't really gotten into it much, uh, but you know, there's a lot going on. you know we we didn't expect to get to it early anyway, but look at this folks, six one. 6'1 shorty out here, we don't support the short quarterbacks anymore, we're done, we're done, this is a huge factor now, I would not draft any quarterback under 6'3", I wouldn't folks, I know, we're gonna kind of dissect all of that, Um, you know, what do tall quarterbacks look like, do they perform better overall than smaller quarterbacks, that's kind of the narrative that we're gonna be looking into this offseason in the NFL, But Malik Willis being 6'1 with those mediocre slash bad stats? Ooh, Ooh, not really doing himself any favors out here. So optically by the numbers, yikes, I'm not buying into Malik Willis. And really, what won Malik Willis? What upgraded Malik Willis into kind of the national talking spotlight? What upgraded Malik Willis into the potential number one quarterback taken in this year's draft? his pro day where he threw to wide open players this is what caught everybody, folks. This is why he rocketed in the the, uh, the mock draft. Because this single throw right here from his pro day launching it. I mean, man, oh man, what a ball. I mean, this almost broke Twitter, folks. It almost broke Twitter when this came out March 22nd. Yes, we've been trying to watch this man on the show since March 22nd at minimum. And just look at the big throw. I mean, he's throwing it from his own 44. 40-yard line getting it all the way down to the 10. I mean, we're talking about 50 yards Maybe even 55. Let's uh, Let me make sure here. Where do you throw this one? 45? 35 all right man. Oh, man. Yeah, we definitely got to upgrade these yards a little bit more throwing it from the 35 getting it all the way down to the 10 We're talking about 55 yards clean Right there folks 15 to the uh, 35 to the 50. That's 15 50 to the 10 That's 40 40 plus is 15 folks. That's 55 yards clean right there by Malik Willis, so He's got a big arm, 55 yards clean is fantastic, but folks, let's keep this in mind. Big throws happen all the day at the Pro Day. Let's go back to last season. Zach Wilson, remember his big old throw that broke the internet once again, 35 down to about the 10, almost the same exact 55-yard sling. This time, Zach Wilson did a little bit on the run, a little bit of the flip of the hips where Malik Willis just kind of did it flat-footed stepping into the throw a normal release not rolling out of the pocket but once again zach wilson didn't kind of blow everybody's socks off this season and really once again zach wilson only got kind of talked about at the college level when he was at his pro day that increased his draft stock And then, when did people start talking about Zach Wilson in the NFL? When he had that big throw in the game against the Titans real early on in the season. That big throw to Corey Davis down the right sideline. He was slinging the ball all around in that game. The big throws. And did they lose that game? They lost that game still? Or did they pull it out? Uh, Against the Titans. No, they won. They won. Fourth game of the year. Their first win. And that's when everybody started to talk about Zach Wilson because of the big throw. So let's not get too bogged down by one or two big throws, especially at a pro day. That doesn't really tell us the full picture. And we saw um, Zach Wilson after that Titan game. It's not like he continued to get better and better and better and better and better from those big throws to Corey Davis. No, he didn't really show any improvement from that point. That was his best game of the season. His best performance of the season. 61% completion percentage. Uh, that was his second highest. His actual highest was against Jacksonville week 15, but once again, that's against Jacksonville. See? Oh, Carson. Oh my goodness. Do you see what's happened, Carson Wentz? So don't don't feel sorry for Carson Wentz at all, please. I'm begging y'all. Do not feel sorry for the man because Zach Wilson beat Jacksonville week 16 with 63% completion percentage and only 100 yards passing. So please. Spare me on Carson Wentz. He got what he deserved, folks. Jim Irsay had it right. The man is a fool. The man is a clown. He ruined this team. He ruined the locker room. Nobody's got faith in Carson Wentz anymore. Let's digress a little bit. But yeah, Zach Wilson was only talked about after that Titans game. And then nobody really kind of updated their thinking. In my opinion, everybody's still holding on to that Zach Wilson versus the Titans, just like everybody was holding on to Zach Wilson at the pro day at the uh, at his pro day at BYU. Don't hold on to Malik Willis's pro day big throw it doesn't tell the full picture so now that we have all this in mind let's see what this man is doing out on the field we've got Malik Willis's 2021 highlights the numbers are not good he had a big throw at a pro day but maybe this man just pops off the screen maybe the receivers were bad they were dropping all the passes maybe this man threads the needle so perfectly that we are going to be picking up our jaw off the floor but he's gonna have to show us something special to make up for those numbers because I cannot support and endorse and get behind those numbers so here we go Malik Willis what do you got show us what you've got here we go Malik Willis's highlights you better show us something good I need pinpoint accuracy from start to finish and this is an 11 minute highlight tape so you've got a lot of chances so here we go folks, Malice, Malik Willis first throw, he's airing it out a little bit out here, you're launching it from his own forty, uh, from the opponent's 45 yard line, getting it all the way down to the 10, nice 35 yard strike, and this one is on the money, pinpoint accurate, bingo bango. receivers about 3 yards open, which is once again an open by a mile in college, once again in the NFL you're only about to get a half a step, a full step at max, about 2 steps in front of the defender to be open, so the fact that these receivers are already three three um uh you know three feet of separation I mean you know that's easy three steps of separation that's a little bit of an easier throw but all right still good accuracy here we go Malik Willis in the red zone taking off first look at his speed and it's some good speed so far wide open nobody really kind of giving him chase but overall that's some solid speed we can see it Alright, here we go, next throw up, once again going deep, nice uh, boundary throw, getting getting it over the corner, once again, about three step of separation, Malik Willis back in the red zone, the little bit of the um, read option attempted there, little bit of a look, design quarterback run, he beats everybody to the corner and squeaks in for the touchdown, so once again, patient runner, he knows the system of, you know, kind of Running out of the backfield, that whole kind of uh, read option, run look that we all know NFL quarterbacks do all the time. So, all right, rounding the corner, looking good. Here we go, back in the red zone, a nice little comeback throw. That's all on the receiver, but a nice third and six to pick up the first down. The ball was at the marker, so that's exactly what we want to see. Everything after is all on the receiver. Here we go, Malik Willis running right up the middle, and look at that speed, folks. We call that Indiana and a boulder speed, but he does not have uh, conditioning because that man slowed down to an absolute stop and got brought down. Why don't you just keep running? Why don't you just keep running? Why did you try to go back inside? So the man does not have a lot of adjustment to him. The man doesn't have a lot of quick cuts to him. The acceleration is not there, but he does have a little bit of Indiana Boulder talent. Running right up the middle between those two defenders before they converge, before Indiana Jones gets smushed by the uh, by the closing door, he slides under it, grabs the hat that fell off as well. That is the Indiana Jones boulder move you love to see it all right here we go Malik Willis with the fake screen and then run with it and once again it's some good speed the man is looking quick Um, if we have to rank um we say Kyler Murray's the quickest Lamar Jackson's two and uh, maybe yeah Malik Willis could be number three on that list faster than Russell Wilson faster than Ryan Tannehill um, is there another dual threat quarterback I'm forgetting Here we go. Wide open throw. This one is, I mean, it's a tad underthrown. A tad, I mean, really tadly, folks. I mean, truly nitpicking there. And once again, only about 40 yards. All right, what else do we get? Malik Willis, another 45-yard throw. One-on-one matchup. And once again, this is a little underthrown. This one just falls right in the pocket. Defender really lost track of the ball. It's not like the receiver went up and grabbed it. I'm not loving it, folks. I'm going to be real with you. He's really not wowing me. He's not winning me over. He's not moving the needle. A nice, perfect read option here by Malik Willis. Decision-making on the read option is magnificent. He chose the absolute right call. That running back got blown up in the backfield before he could even kind of pretend to hand off the ball. He keeps it, sneaks in two yards for the touchdown. So... Alright, in the red zone, once again, gadget guy, absolutely can be fantastic in the red zone, but we know that doesn't work in the NFL. We've seen the Saints try, we've seen teams try to be like, all right, we've got like this special quarterback that we only really want to use in the red zone because we can utilize the shorter field, we can utilize his legs and the misdirections and the fakes and the screens and all that. We've seen teams try to do that. The Saints, you know, with uh, Taysom Hill and James Winston, they try to tie them both together and it just Never works. So, you can't have this, alright, you you quarterback from the 20 to the 20 and then you quarterback inside the red zone. So, we know you're not going to be able to do that with them because it doesn't work. Even though, you know, no, te- I don't think teams would even do that, but we know it just doesn't work. So, you can't even have that idea. Once again, you know, Cam Newton trying to still be in the league. You know, he can only really work in the red zone. He's only really good in the red zone. You can't have Cam Newton on your team just to work in the red zone. It will not work for your team. Regardless if the players want to do it, the coaches want to do it, it just won't work. It will not succeed. It will not win games. All right, so here we go. Malik Willis, once again, out in front. All right, one moment, folks. Hello? Hello Dr. Cohen. Pick up? Okay, copy. Yep. All right, Malik Willis back in the red zone here where he plays his best football. And nice, you know, out in front Quick to the flat throw, receiver takes it the final eight yards, and that's what it is. So, Malik Willis, what do we got? Next throw up. Oh, this is going to be a bomb. Is this a bomb? Nah, 30-yard bomb. Nice. And once again, I mean, these throws, they're just not impressive to me, folks. I'm not seeing a lot of air underneath these balls for like true one-on-one go-up-and-get-it balls. All these are a little bit wide open, and I know we can't really knock. Wow, that's a great route. Holy moly. What a route right here by number three. That second move? Oh my god! Oh my god, a little bit of a wheel route, a little bit right there. Oh my god, and he just absolutely burns that defender. I'm loving the receiver More than the quarterback right here, and this actually happened with us last year as well When we were watching a quarterback, we loved a receiver Semmy Fiocco. Well shout out to semi folks I mean, I know he didn't play last year But now the quarterbacks they don't have Amari Cooper or the Cowboys They don't have Amari Cooper a lot of their quarterbacks or geez Louise a lot of their wide receivers So watch out for semifeyoko to pop off this season Forgot all about Sami Fayoko. Love that, man. He was looking great. Stanford, I believe, last season. But, yeah, let me get him number three here. I'm loving number three of Liberty. Screw Malik Willis. Go draft this receiver. That second move on the the just a quick look like it was just going to be a quick out to the right. But then he does a wheel route off of it in that second move. Sheesh. That was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant ran route right there. Let me go. Hang on, hang on, folks. What game was this? What game was this? Let me see if I can bring up this man's name quickly. This was against Syracuse. All right, let me go to Malik Willis's game against Syracuse here. Let me see who scored this touchdown. Who's number three scoring touchdowns out here? What do we got? What do we got? 21, 14, third, fourth quarter. Here we go. Who is number three? Because I'm drafting him. I'm drafting him. Fourth quarter. Uh, here we go. Demario Douglas. Demario Douglas. Is he draft eligible? Only 5'8". He's only 5'8". Oh, all right. We might have a problem here. 5'8". I don't know if we can do 5'8". Jeez. 5'8". Oof. That was a great route. Man, oh man. Demario Douglas. He's three years in. He's three years freshman? How are you three-year freshman at Liberty? (laughs) How does that make sense? Um, I know eligibility, folks. Okay. But he had 701 yards last season, six touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if this man is draft eligible because he was still a freshman. Let me see if I can bring this up. Can I just Google the man's name? Demario Douglas. Draft eligible. Eligible. We got anything on him? Demario Douglas. Watch out for the man, folks. Douglas has evolved into more than a slot receiver for Liberty. You tell it, newsadvance.com. I'm already seeing it, and that was only one play. All righty. So I don't think he's draft eligible. Maybe coming back next year. Hmm. All right, I'll do a little bit more research on this man to see if, if this man's gonna be making the draft this year. Or he has to wait till next year. But I'm loving Demario Douglas, folks. Let's keep that man a little bit on notice. All right, what else do we got here? Throw to keep throwing to Demario Douglas. The man's got six touchdowns. So I want to see them all. All right, nice little comeback route. Nothing really on uh, Malik Willis. I'm just not—he's not living up to the hype. I'll tell you that. He's not living up to the hype for me. A little bit of a broken play right here, trusting his receivers, but he didn't even throw to the receiver that had his hand up. So, you know, is that good? Here he goes, launching it out. A nice high point ball. Who went up and got that? That's not Douglas. Oh, it is Demario Douglas. Look at Demario Douglas go up and get this ball at 5'8". Oh! I love it! Demario Douglas! Oh! See, I like Demario Douglas better than I like Malik Willis! Yeah! 5-8 goes high points the ball! You'll love to see it! Malik Willis escaping ankle tackles in the red zone for the touchdown. Alright, nice comeback route. Once again, on the left sideline, a little late. Demario Douglas getting behind the defense. Yeah, a little inside move. Yeah, a little speed. Yeah, a little speed. A little speed. Finish the last 20. Oh, I got brought down 10 yards short. But Demario Douglas is the only person at Liberty you draft. Man, Demario Douglas, folks. That's the name we should all be saying and not Malik Willis. Here we go. Stepping up in the pocket. Launching it. Open. A little low. Had to get it there. So, folks, I think I've seen enough. I think I've seen enough. Let's skip... See, this is wide open, folks, but he underthrows this ball. This is way behind. you got to throw this one way more out in front. He he, he shorts it, but that's Demario Douglas wide open. Demario Douglas is good. Demario Douglas is making Malik Willis look good. It's Demario Douglas you all should be getting hyped on. Not Malik Willis, folks. No. Darn, darn. So I'm not buying Malik Willis, I'll tell you that, but I am buying Demario Douglas. Let's skip uh, a little bit in the highlight package. Let's see, did he just come on late in the season? We know he didn't because we know he lost his last three games to the, you know, before the bowl game. Here we go, Malik Willis standing in the pocket, delivering. That was a great strike right there. Stood tall in the pocket, took a shot, and delivered a real nice ball deep in the end zone. Nice one-on-one coverage. Threw it out in front where the receiver could go get it. And that was a real nice throw right there. But, you know, still losing that game. <laughs> down in that game. Not good. Here we go. Back of the end zone. Re- uh, defender falls down. Receiver wide open. Back of the end zone. Once again, in the red zone. Just going to take off and run with it. You know, I don't. is that impressive? These red zone runs? We see a lot of quarterbacks do that. I don't know. Does that make you special? I don't know, man. This one's wide open. This is a deep bomb. I'll give him this bomb. He's going to launch it from the 35, backpedaling, getting it all the way down to the 15. I mean, that's real good, absolutely. What is that, 50 yards clean on the backpedal? I'll give him that. And this is the bowl game. This is the bowl game against Eastern Michigan doing that throw. All right. Demary Douglas scoring in the bowl game? Where's Demary Douglas in the bowl game at, folks? Is he right here? Are we going to get it? Oh, hang on. Hang on. Let's send it on here. Here we go. Last play by Malik Willis. This man's going to run it 40 yards to the end zone. Once again, a little bit of Indiana Jones-Boulder speed a little bit. All right. In the red zone up 42-10, to 10, just stunting. Is that Demario's? Oh, it is! Yeah! Demario's Marcos, folks! Yeah, he's getting into the scoring action in the bowl game as well. Nice little out route in the red zone in the end zone. Fantastic. So all right Demarius uh, Demario Douglas folks. I'm liking him better than Malik Willis. I don't know what to tell you. So and then we get this we get his highlights from the combine. Let's see what Malik Willis got here going on. Well, Once again those in-game highlights they were okay. You know they were okay. Nothing special in my opinion here we go thrown at the combine nice little slant route that was accurate right in the hands we'll give him that here we go another route right here another slant high right in the hands alright out in front not behind here we go next route what do we got next row We got like a 15-yard in. Nice little 15-yard in route. That was accurate. But once again, I mean, these are combine throws. No pressure. Well, there's pressure because you got to perform. But no defense. You know what the routes are. You've gone through this a million times. The deep ball, there it is. You know, so I don't know, man. Malik Willis just didn't move the needle for us. That's really all it was. I never saw anything explosive. Those numbers are not good. Those are not good numbers. That's not draftable numbers right there. I think you're just drafting him off of his combine performance, and I don't know if that's a good gauge. So, uh, I'm going to have to, unfortunately, be the hater here, folks. I know y'all are loving Malik Willis. It's Malik Willis this. It's Malik Willis that. That's all y'all are talking about. Malik Willis is the best quarterback in this draft, but if this is the best quarterback in this draft, I'm definitely staying away. Uh, Not moving the needle. That's all I'm saying. Not moving the needle on us. For us. Not moving the needle. For us, officially being right down in the notes, folks. And once we write them down in the notes, it's on the record. I can't change it. Not moving the needle for us. The stats are really trash. I'm writing down trash. Stats are trash. These are not good, folks. We must call them like they are. Um, And um, the speed was okay. Speed was okay. Speed was okay. Above average. I'll put it above average. It was good speed. Above average speed. But, man, oh, man, I let me write this as well. Demario Douglas, more attention-grabbing. I'm telling you, that move that he put on, on that kind of out-turning-into-a-hitch route, that second move, oh, wow. Woof. Sheesh. Better than any throw we saw Malik Willis throw. So That's Malik Willis, folks. Just not move the needle for us. Maybe he's good. I don't think he will be, but I don't know. I don't draft him. I do not draft Malik Willis. Obviously we have to see these other quarterbacks. We gotta see Kenny Pickett. But uh, Yeah. Ooh, those stats are woof. I, I like I don't even know how you even get past these stats. I get past those stats. 61% completion percentage. This is what we're doing now? Can I watch low lights? I always try to watch the lowlights. Not a lot of people post lowlights, which is kind of weird because y'all love being negative, but y'all don't post lowlights on Twitter on YouTube a little interesting. Uh, Malik Willis lowlights. We get this all plays from the final game against Eastern Michigan. Let's see what some throws that he didn't do so well on, shall we? Read option. Picking up five yards. Can't really bounce it out to the outside. Here we go. See, just... Look at this. I mean, this is a one-on-one matchup. You've got all, look at all that room. Look at all that room on the sideline to throw this ball. And he throws it too much inside. I mean, yeah, I'm not buying them, folks. Getting brought down. Does he escape this? Is this is a sack. Pressure comes immediately. Escapes it. Stays on his feet. Then just has to throw it away short. That was a good escapability, though. The man's an athlete. We'll give him that. The, the speed's the best thing about him. But you can't just be good at speed. That doesn't win games, folks. It doesn't. Why Why did um, when Tyler Huntley came into the game for Lamar Jackson for the last seven games, why did they go 0-7? It wasn't because he wasn't athletic. Like He wasn't running like Lamar Jackson. Obviously not as good, but still capable of running. It was because he's not clutch, first of all. Lamar Jackson's one of the clutchest quarterbacks in the NFL, folks. uh, That was made noted this season, absolutely. But we still need you to deliver the ball pretty accurately. And Tyler Huntley was not as good as Lamar Jackson was accurately throwing the ball. Got to throw the ball. You can't make a living just running the ball. Here we go. This one, there's no separation for these receivers. He just overthrows it. Once again, I don't mind him taking these chances. That's a one-on-one matchup, and look at this: uh, Demeru Douglas getting the f- getting the flag. Yeah, yeah, Demeru Douglas drawing the penalties. Love to see it. Letting this one fly, uh, way overthrown. I mean, this is what we get here, and bailed out by the penalty, bailed out by a pass interference. So I'm not buying Malik Willis. I'm not buying him. I'm 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 ruling, folks. The gavel. I got truly got to get a gavel here. Um, I got to get a gavel. We got to start gaveling on the show. I gotta let it be heard, folks. I'm not in on Malik Willis. That's what all the hype was. That's who y'all were clamoring to watch on the show. This dude. This is who we kept putting off and building anticipation every week for the last month? For that? For a good combine throw? Zach Wilson had a good combine throw. He had one good game. He did beat the Jags. We give him credit for that. But... Is Zach Wilson good? Let's actually transition. Let's read into this story. So let's go to this. Keep everything that we just said. We're going to officially close the um, Malik Willis segment. That's what he was. But now let's refocus in on big combine throws. Zach Wilson not moving the needle. And, um, uh, yeah, I just want to kind of keep Malik Willis and Zach Wilson together. Let's keep them together a little bit, yes? Both... Being popped off by their big combine throw, not their great college careers. What did Zach Wilson do? Let me bring up Zach Wilson's stats in college. Was he just like Malik Willis, nothing good? Or was Zach Wilson better? Because that's not going to look good for Malik Willis. Uh, Here we go. College, college, sports reference. Here we go. All right, here we go. Zach Wilson, 65%, 62 but he did have 73 his final year at BYU. That's what we're talking about. 73% completion percentage, magnificent, 3,600 yards, 33 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. These are numbers right here, Malik Willis. So, yeah, this is definitely not looking good for Malik Willis. Both only having one good throw, even though Zach Wilson's numbers are miles, universes ahead of M- Malik Willis's numbers. Malik Willis's numbers are so trash, folks. I don't even know why this man's even being talked about. I can't get beyond those numbers. So, now let's go to Zach Wilson. Here we go. Let's go to this story. Here we go. So, now let's transition to some uh, NFL stories up here. Done with Malik Willis and watching him. But here we go. On Zach Wilson. Here we go. Uh... Let's just get into this because it's a nice little quip, but it speaks to the off-season struggles this year of the Jets of trying to sign some big names. And the most notable name is Tyreek Hill. Once again, it was really kind of down between the Jets and the Dolphins. And then after Tyreek Hill gets signed, you know, he comes out and says, oh, it was always the Dolphins. It was always the Dolphins. The Jets were never the thought. But, I mean, I'm sure it was the thought. I'm sure the two teams were, you know, the two teams up to get him. And they didn't get him. So, Zach Wilson and the Jets not being able to attract free agents. Even though Zach Wilson was buzzing after that Titans game. Even though Zach Wilson was buzzing after the pro day. Not, that doesn't affect you getting free agents. Attractive destination is not the Jets. It's not It's not playing with Zach Wilson. So, I want to read this one uh, paragraph right here. On Zach Wilson in the Jets struggles this offseason. So, the athletic The Athletics' Mike Sando reports the Jets have been turned down by several free agents this offseason, says this. An NFL executive told Sando that the Jets were, quote, were in on a ton of guys and got nobody, end quote. Including Tyreek Hill, who chose the Dolphins over the Jets when Kansas City granted him permission to seek a trade in March. Quote, they don't have a selling point to players right now, the executive said. Quote, people don't know what to think of Zach Wilson. Players don't necessarily covet playing in that market, and guys who have choices tend to, tend to wind up elsewhere. They are in this weird purgatory, end quote. New York this offseason has signed second and third tier free agents like Tyler Conklin, C.J. Uzama. Um, Let's not let's not disrespect C.J. Uzama, tight end university out here calling him tier two and tier three choices. I think we upgrade C.J. Uzama to tier one category. So Mike Zando, don't get on our bad side. Don't get on our bad side disrespecting tight ends out here. We we wave this flag proudly every show. Yes. Shout out to CJ Ozama. That's a huge pickup. I don't know if I count that as tier one, tier two. I count that as tier one. CJ Ozama, tier one. Official. Let me gavel this. See why we need a gavel? It needs to be in the record. It needs to be ruled upon. CJ Ozama. CJ Ozama. I'm giving that man A1, t- well, not A1, tier one. I'll give him tier one, tight end status. All right. Let's get back to this. Uh, so they signed CJ Ozama, guard Lakin Tomlinson. In safety, Jordan Whitehead, while falling to land a splash free agency signing despite plenty of cap space. An improved performance from Zach Wilson in 2022 would go a long way in luring big name free agents to the Jets next offseason. It would be exceedingly difficult for Wilson to be worse than he was as a rookie. Okay, I mean, Zach Wilson, he did show some nice bright spots here and there. Once again, the big arm talent is always good, but don't get too big on big arm talent. Colin Coward is still riding with Sam Darnold, and we know that's the wrong choice. Everybody knows it's the the wrong choice, but I still think Colin Coward's digging in the heels, and what got got Colin Coward attracted to Sam Darnold was the big arm. He couldn't stop talking about the big ol' arm, the big cannon he had. And yeah, that's definitely attractive, especially when you're kind of projecting on what a... uh, uh, what a rookie is going to do what a draft prospect is going to do yeah big arms always enticing that's why the big big arm play at the combine at the pro day blew up and that's why Zach Wilson was more attractive and that's why now Malik Willis is more attractive. Just don't fall in love with the stat or don't fall in love with the big arm against no defense. We can't fall in love with that and I think people are falling a little bit too. It's alright to fall a little bit in love especially when the numbers are great. When the numbers are great and you get that big arm and you get that big throw at the combine. Yeah you can gush. That's when you can gush but when the stats look like that and then the arm looks like that against no defense it's like yeah I don't know if we should get excited about that Zach Wilson had better stats and still wasn't that great this year I think it was okay I think it was all right but it wasn't great and it wasn't good so Malik Willis maybe a little bit worse than Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson's already not great so that's not good so, I would just stay, I would be careful. Be careful on Zach, On Malik Willis, yes? Yes? Alright, let's keep going here. So, let me close out this story. We got rid of that one, perfect. Alright, let's keep going to some other stories here in some NFL, some good ones. But, uh, let's go to some USFL stories, yes? Because they just uh, introduced all the mascots from their eight Teams. Eight-team league here tipping off this, kicking off this weekend, folks. It's going to be great. So what better way? Because we know, you know, these players, they're not going to be that great. They may be good. One player may be good. We got P.J. Washington. P.J. PJ Walker. Uh, P.J. Walker last year from the XFL. And, uh, uh, you know, he's good, you know, he got signed to the Panthers, and he's still the Panthers, you know, he got a, you know, an extension this season, still going to be there. So, you know, there's going to be probably maybe one, two good players here that really get it done. So, we really can't look at the players to be like, alright, we want to be fans of this team, but let's set our fandom, let's set our fandom here for the USFL. Yeah, let's, you know, have a little fun, it is takes by fans, let's become a fan of the USFL. You know, let's pick a team to root for. So, how are we going to do it? We're just going to pick the team with the best mascot. Because I have seen some, some of these mascots, and I don't know what the hell people are thinking. Like what? What? What is this? These are the most generic mascots. So, if you put in effort to get a nice mascot, you may win some fandom here. Over here, it takes by fans. So, let's see what mascot's really jumping out at us, and let's select our fandom a little bit on the mascot, and hopefully, the team lives up to uh, the mascot's hype uh, for the team. <laughs> Can't be a trash team with a good mascot. What are we doing? Alright, so here we go. Introducing the new SFL mascots. We start up here with the Birmingham Stallions. And it's just a classic stallion. A little bit of a horse here in football gear. Classic. Little bit of discount. You know, Denver Broncos, obviously. Uh, Birmingham, they got red color, so he's got red hair. He's got a little bit of a red hoof going on. A Little bit of a generic horse, but it's okay. It's a good attempt. All right, then second mascot up here, we got some cowboy from the Houston Gamblers. Looks an l- awful lot, the face looks an awful lot like Woody, I will say that. I like the nice uh, ace at the top of his um, his hat strap, what do they call that? People that wear like a hat, like a strap on a hat? I don't know what they call that, but on his cowboy hat he's got a nice little card ace, ace of spades. Uh, nice there. And he's throwing up some uh, some peace signs, some uh, some two finger salutes. All right, so the cowboy's looking pretty good, or the gambler, excuse me, Houston gambler, looking pretty good. All right, then we get this, and I'm I, I love this one. What do we got? This the New Orleans Breakers. Ooh, I'm loving this one's my favorite so far. Absolutely, a nice little chill dude, like a little bit of like a Frozone ass, like a yeah, radical. Imagine like uh, you know Frozone instead of saying "Honey, where's my super suit?" Being like "Yeah, toots, where's the suit, baby?" That's this guy. That's, this, that's the energy right here. So I'm rocking with the New Orleans Breakers right here, folks. I love it. I love the color palette, the white and the blue and the two shades of blue. Uh, different shades of blue where we all got, you know, one shade. I mean, these are generic mascots. I don't want to knock these mascots, but we definitely know that this is kind of a second tier, a step down tier level of football just by looking at their mascots. But I'm definitely rocking with the New Orleans Breakers. Yeah! Radical, dude Yes, I'm loving it, folks Exactly this man's energy I love it all right, so that's uh, where we are. Fans, our official fandom right now is the New Orleans Breakers. Let's see if any other mascot can truly challenge them. Here we go. Last mascot in the South division, two divisions: North and the South. And this is the last one on the South. And I don't know what team this man's supposed to be on. <laughs> they, uh, he is not wearing any labels. Now, a little bit of a gambler type. Same mascot a uh, little bit of a uh, bandit he's got the scarf covering his mouth in classic bandit fashion wearing a uh, some nice uh, a nice little suit little nice suit here to prove he means business uh, but I don't know what this team actually is unfortunately um let me see can i um yeah three others here we go it is the Tampa Bay bandits yes that is truly a bandit that is hundred percent a bandit right there all right pretty good bandit mascot too but not as good as the Breakers. Yo! Yeah! Radical! I'm loving it, folks. Uh, if you see this mascot, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, folks. Alright, so we are loving the New Orleans Breakers. But we've got four more mascots. So let's head over to the North Division where we get this this thing. I don't know what the hell this is supposed to be. And this is this the take on uh, Giddy Gritty? Uh, the the crazy mascot in the NFL NHL. What team does he belong to? Um... Giddy, the the crazy orange hair monster. Like what the hell is this? This uh, the, the name is the uh Stars, the Philadelphia Stars. And it's like this red looking Grimace thing. He looks like red Grimace with horns. He's got some sharp teeth. He's only got two teeth and they're sharp. And their logo looks like Starter? Like y'all know the brand Starter? That's exactly what this looks like. So this looks like total junk discount logo Discount mascot like Philadelphia wasn't even trying to have a USFL team. I can't get behind this mascot Grimace red Grimace. No, thank you Next mascot up. We got the New Jersey Generals classic general and uh, looking good Um, He's got a hat that resembles a general hat. <laughs> That's really it. Once again, little uh, these mascots—they're good. And once again, a little too plain, Janie. That's what's really kind of popping up on us, popping out at us with uh, the New Orleans Breakers. He's—he's not—he's dynamic. He's not one color. He's not one thing. He's blue. He's ice. He's got some shades on. He's got this cool-ass smile, and he's looking to hang loose, folks. All these other ones up tighter you got this red monster like what are we doing so Washington our New Jersey generals looking good But overall nothing really kind of gleaming at us. We got two more teams. Here we go. There we go We got the Michigan Panthers, and this is just a classic Panthers a little bit of a uh, college resemblance This looks like a college mascot right here so can't really buy into him. And then the last team up here. Now we're talking. We've got the Pittsburgh Maulers. A nice hard working. Oh, that screams Pittsburgh all day. Pittsburgh, you got the hard hat on. He's got the muscles. This mean mug. Yeah, you want to come work here? It's coal country. It's Pittsburgh country. We work over here. All these people, all these millennials not wanting to work anymore. We're down here in the mines. Mining. Man, labor. You see these paws? you see these paws there's coal there's dirt on these hands son so Pittsburgh Maulers looking pretty good as well so um I would definitely say that's my second favorite but I can't get over the breakers folks I'm loving the breakers I am drawn to the New Orleans breakers so congratulations New Orleans breakers uh, you are the official team I'm gonna make y'all the you wanna be the official team Usually we don't give away official teams with no charge. Usually we want a little bit of a partnership some money coming in But congratulations, New Orleans. We're gonna make the exception the New Orleans breakers are the official USFL team of takes by fans Baby, you've got yourself a fan and I'm definitely gonna be decked out it. Uh, do we have to do a USFL like uh, Backdrop do I got to get breakers gear? Do I gotta get a breakers flag? Do I gotta start making breakers canvases? Who do we got on the breakers? Let me bring up the breaker squad. Who's our quarterback? Hopefully it's somebody good. Breakers, let me go. New Orleans Breakers. I don't love the name. The name's not the greatest, but you know, we can we can rock with it. New Orleans Breakers roster. Let me see this. We gotta at least have a good quarterback, yes? Yes, please, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. All right, Um, we got Jonathan Adams, wide receiver. All right, all right. Where is, uh? Where's our quarterback? Where's our quarterback at? We got Johnny Dixon, wide receiver. Jordan Ellis, running back. Yeah, TJ Logan Jr., running back. Quarterback, we got uh, Kyle Slaughter and Zach Smith. All right, all right. I don't know them. I don't know those two quarterbacks. So we'll de- we'll deep, uh, we'll dive a little bit deeper into the New Orleans Breakers a little bit, uh, maybe later in the week before Saturday and uh, that kind of USFL tips off. But uh, I'm loving the Breakers, folks. Loving the Breakers. New Orleans Breakers, welcome to takes by fans. All right, what else do we got up here? We go next story up and. In- all right, Kirk, if you're going to say these words, I mean, we got to see wins. That's all Kirk Cousins has to do is win. Stats are great. He's the anomaly of the NFL, the enigma of the NFL. Just go out and win games. Here we go. Kirk Cousins wants to, quote unquote, earn the right to retire as a Viking so alright Kirk put up or shut up the wins must come Kirk Cousins he does have a spot like honestly Kirk Cousins has a spot at the table for top 10 quarterback in the league I know it's crazy to say folks and that's it that's why it's the enigma that's why it's the anomaly you have to go and look at this man's stats that's all there is I know just looking at the wins and the lackluster postseason runs I get all of that folks we've been saying that all the time but the stats they speak for themselves, folks. Yes, you know, obviously we want to see you win with the stats, but stats are still good, you know, a little bit by themselves. And Kirk Cousins' stats are amazing. By themselves, they're amazing. If you just looked at the stats, if all the video was erased from history and you we just had to kind of go talking, you know, 100 years from now, all the video gets erased and we're, we're left with just the stats, the relic of the stats. You'd be like, damn, that man must have been like the greatest quarterback in the league. Wow, wow. The stats are that impressive but we've got to see the wins now is that on Kirk Cousins or is that on Mike Zimmer we'll know a little bit more this year because the Vikings do bring in a new head coach who we do like in Kevin O'Connell offensive minded he made Cooper Cup consistently monumental so Justin Jefferson should do the same so we loving Kevin O'Connell offensive minded Kirk Cousins now needs to succeed under him because we can blame a little bit of Mike Zimmer for the losses those defenses at least uh, definitely these last two seasons the Vikings defense has not been good so losing games on defense not closing out offensively you know uh, fourth quarter because you don't have that offensive mind ahead of coach I mean I I think I would be comfortable putting all the blame on Mike Zimmer if if the Vikings have immediate success this year I could put it all on Mike Zimmer and we can move forward with Kirk Cousins is a very 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 good quarterback from here on out but we have to see really kind of success right off the rip for that to happen But let's see what Kirk Cousins is truly saying here. Um, He wants to earn the right. And that's kind of his whole statement through these quotes here. So, hey, put up or shut up. I mean, if you're going to put yourself out here, you know, putting, you know, all these words saying, hey, I want to kind of truly dig down and dig deep here, then you got to prove it and we got to see you get better. Or this is just all a junk and garbage words just to kind of get, you know, praise, a little bit of virtue signaling, if you will. So Kirk Cousins, if you're going to be talking like this and we'll examine the words and what he's using, but if you're going to be talking like you were talking in that clickbait quote, we're going to hold you to that. Absolutely. So here we go. Kirk Cousins, what do we got? Let's read the first lead up. The extension keeps Cousins tied to the Vikings through 2023, but the 33-year-old quarterback said Monday he hopes he never leaves Minnesota, saying, quote, The short answer for why I signed the contract extension is I wanted to be a Minnesota Viking. I wanted to help create some cap space so that we would put together a roster that you do feel really good about. It's just always trying to find win-wins. I think uh, we'll try to find a win on the football field. How about we start at that win before you start looking for win-wins? How about you just get a win, yes? Back to the quote, it's just always trying to find win-wins. I think it was a way to create a win-win, and then hopefully that leads to a lot of wins this fall. So, yes, if you're trying to create even more win-wins, hey, I'm taking, you know, creating more cap space for more players, for better talent, so we can win. This is all on Kirk Cousins. So, Kirk Cousins is talking big game right now. I'm trying to create win-wins. I'm trying to win. So, if you're trying so hard to win, you better be winning. Another quote says, quote, my mindset was really to be a Viking. I would like to retire as a Viking. And so I would like to play, play my way into that, if you will. I know I've got to earn the right to do that. Yes, you've got to earn the right and earn the right with wins, not these garbage, st- or these garbage time stats. Next lead up, Cousins will be 35 at the end of his contract. And unless he retires earlier than most starting quarterbacks of his era, he'll need another deal. Saying, quote, if I could draw it up, it'd be play well enough that you never have to play or wear another jersey anywhere else. I'm going to work really hard to try to make that possible. So look at Kirk Cousins right here. He's telling us what he does. If I could draw it up, it'd be play well enough that you never have to play or wear another jersey anywhere else. Play Well enough. That's Kirk Cousins' bar. Just play well enough that nobody questions me. And that's exactly what he's doing right now. Just well enough where you're keeping him on the team, signing him to one more year. One more year. Let's give him one more year. These sets are good. One more year. So Kirk Cousins knows the game. He doesn't need the wins. The wins just come with more pressure. Look at Aaron Rodgers. You know how much pressure's on Aaron Rodgers? So much pressure. We we hold him to all that pressure. And he's a little floundersome. He's a little floundersome on the pressure. And it took until uh, Aaron Rodgers' final deal to get that big payday. 50 mil a year. Great. Finally it came. Even though that his stats are good. And he is a winner. In the regular season. He's a winner. Postseason wins. He still wins in the postseason. Still got to give him a little credit for that. Gets to the championship games. That's where we run into trouble. But... Kirk Cousins knows the game. Play well enough that you never have to play or wear another jersey anywhere else. Play just well enough that they're willing to give you one more year. Play just well enough that they're gonna sign you to that four-year deal. Play just well enough where everybody speculates that you're such a great quarterback because the stats show so. Play just well enough where we made the playoffs one year, didn't make them another year. Well, let's give them one more chance. Just play well enough. So is Kirk Cousins playing everybody? Is Kirk Cousins just playing well enough just to skate by because that's what he knows the game is? Plays better, gets more wins, now we're expecting more wins. What do we expect out of Kirk Cousins? Do we even have any expectations? I don't have any expectations on Kirk Cousins every year. Six wins? That's my expectations. Yeah, you know, Kirk Cousins can win six wins. So, yep, yeah, that's pretty much it. Six wins. Oh, more? Wow, that's surprising. Wow, he's good then. Maybe he's got to figure it figured out. Underperform. Have the narrative be underwritten, under deliver for the most part, over deliver one year, got to the playoffs, you know, Minneapolis miracle, down the sideline, dig sideline touchdown. Great call. Great game. Oh, we won a playoff game. Look at that. I think Kirk Cousins playing everybody, folks. I don't like that quote right there. I don't like you playing me. Don't play me like that. Don't play me. I see right through what you're trying to do, Kirk Cousins. We see what you're talking. Okay. Okay. Final quote. Let's read the final lead up. Here we go. With new coach Kevin O'Connell importing the Sean McVay-style offense to Minnesota, Cousins is in a spot to enjoy his best season in Minnesota. It would be a start to earning that next contract to remain a Viking, says, quote, It's staying healthy. It's playing at a high level. It's protecting the football. It's making plays. It's leading your teammates. It's playing with poise, toughness, all the things it takes to be a great quarterback. It's doing that not one time, not one season, not for a two or three year run. It's doing it day after day after day, and you look back after hopefully double-digit years and you'll say, Man, that was a great run. And that's exactly it. So Kirk Cousins, he knows everything. That's what we say all the time. You know, I don't care what you do one year, four year stretches. We talk about that all the time. What you do double-digit years, as Kirk Cousins put it. Yeah, exactly that. So Kirk Cousins knows exactly everything. Kirk Cousins smart, folks. He knows the game. He knows the media. He knows the talk, the back and forth. He knows what people take highly into account. Once again, don't look too much into what people take high into account, what they weigh high. Once again, that can get you in trouble. Look at Aaron Rodgers. He looks way too much into, oh, people love no interceptions. That's what moves the needle for greatest quarterback of all time. That's what moves the needle for, you know, positive talk, engagement in the sports media. And he plays into that way too much, and we know that's his downfall. Kirk Cousins playing into it as well, trying to c- keep the wins down so he can maybe over-deliver a few seasons and get that repraise back. So Kirk Cousins knows exactly what he's doing, folks. All of this is on purpose now. All the losses are now on purpose. Now I see Kirk Cousins for what he truly is out here. He's uh, he's game in the system. He's a little bit of a, sh- a shyster, Hey. Hey, y'all like this? Yeah, y'all do. Yeah, y'all do. I'm going to keep doing it. I won't do anything more, though. I won't do anything more. I'm going to do this. Yeah, y'all like this. Yeah, y'all like this. Y'all talk about Kirk Cousins in a nice light, folks. We call him the enigma. He knows what he's doing. Kirk Cousins wants to earn the right to retire as a Viking. He'll do just that. Yep. I feel bad for Vikings fans because he's, he's going to do just enough. Just enough. Kevin O'Connell's going to be like, yeah, I think I can win with them. One year deal this year. Kevin O'Connell's probably going to be here for the long haul. Yeah, I'll sign him to a four or five year deal. And then he's got you. Vikings fans. He won't do anything for four or five years. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's going to be a long six year stretch for Vikings fans unless. Unless Kirk Cousins can put the, all the blame on Mike Zimmer, so this is going to be a big year. Is Kirk Cousins mediocre playing the game, or is Mike Zimmer holding this man back? We'll know this year. All righty, that is going to do it. But let's do. Uh, let me close out on this one. Click, quick thing, because we don't have to spend time on this. So last thing right here before uh, to close out the show. Here we go. So Tua, he holds this like event every year little bit of a luau. I think it is Tua's luau. I think that's like the official name. Uh, But it's a little bit of an organization. A little bit of a foundation. Giving back. All that. Raising money. And this is the second year I believe he's been doing it. And uh, the news. The local Miami news did a piece on it. And they interviewed Tua about the event. And he says, man. You know, having the offensive coordinator here. The offensive coordinator was at the event with Tua. They were wearing the luau's. Everybody was in kind of Hawaiian gear, luau, having fun. Everybody was dressing the part. Here we get Mike McDaniels at the event as well. Offensive coordinator, head coach. He also says somebody else here. Maybe quarterbacks coach, I think, as well at the event. But three ah, Miami Dolphins, offensive coaches, offensive side of the ball, supporting Tua in his off-the-field charities and Tua was gushing over that in the high, look at this, the man can't stop smiling, the man is just shrugging, he's like, man, I've never had this before, I've never had my coaches actually here before supporting me, talking, you know, Brian Flores in the previous regime, of the Miami Dolphins not giving the support that Tua, he doesn't need, is not begging for support, but everybody wants to feel supported, everybody wants to feel wanted, and everybody wants to kind of, you know, have the support that everybody, you know, oh, you say you have my back, well, I want to see it. Actions speak louder than words, actions going to the event, backing up the words of, hey, you're our guy. I'm telling y'all folks, I'm telling y'all folks, I'm telling y'all folks right now. I'm telling y'all, y'all need to come around on Tua because everybody's going to be eating their words this upcoming season, folks. We've never gotten, we've never gotten the knocks, the disrespect onto it. It never made any sense to us, folks. It never made any sense to us. We've been trying to tell y'all. We've got countless film studies onto a. Pinpointing exactly why y'all should be buying into him. The man is incredibly accurate. One of the most, if not the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Now has the support of the entire coaching staff behind him. Now having the playmakers to help him out as well. Watch out because that man is blasting off. Blasting off. There will be no, oh, great foundation. Then 2024. Wow, he really pops. No, no, stop it. This year, popping off, Super Bowl. Sup- I'll bet it right now. Do I need to drop ten grand on the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl right now to truly get my point across? I'll drop $10,000 live on camera right now, folks. Give me a second. Here we go. Let me do it. I'm telling y'all, this is your final chance because you don't want to be one of those people eating their words next year. Y'all don't like to admit that you're wrong, so you're not going to do it. You, uh, This is what y'all are going to say. I already know what y'all are going to say. Once Tua, you know, let's fast forward week nine next season. Dolphins 9-0. and Tua's the best quarterback in the league, getting MVP chance every single time he throws the ball. Everybody's talking about Tua. Everybody that's doubted Tua, they're going to be like, well, we, di- I didn't doubt Tua. That's going to be what they say. I, I wasn't doubting too. I just needed to see if he could do it. That's all I needed to see and here he is. He's doing it now that he has a good coach now that he has great playmakers kind of, you know Doing those sneak digs on Tua. Oh, he needed the great coach now. I've seen it He's got the great coach. He's got the play great playmakers. I need any quarterback could be good Tua getting it done. Tua's playing how he should be playing That's all y'all are gonna say and I'm gonna have to hear it And I'm gonna be rolling my eyes every time y'all say those buzzwords that we just said And we're just gonna have to sit here and not try to blow up I'm sure it will blow up a couple of times. It's going to be inevitable. We're not going to be be able to hold our blow up on y'all trying to dance around the fact that y'all were saying Tua was garbage all his career so far. We're never going to forget that. So come around on Tua. I'm telling y'all, folks, this is it. He did not have the support. Defensive-minded coach with a uh rookie quarterback and second year quarterback. That does not fly, folks. How many times do we have to see it? The NFL is even changing its own um anti-kind of racist rules. Hey, we got this Rooney rule. Can't be racist in the hiring process. Oh, well, now we're gonna fix that so we do offensive hiring now. The NFL is telling you, y'all need to wake up. I've been trying to tell y'all. I've been trying to tell y'all over here. Damn y'all for not listening to me. Yes? I've been trying to tell y'all. If y'all have not been listening, that's on y'all. I have everything out on the record. That's why we do the show every day. I need to get everything on the record. Yes? I live for the record. Get it on the record. It's on the record. <laughs> it's on the record. All right. Um, What was I trying to do? Here we go. Why can I not just bring up the NFL? I know we're not in season, but I want to drop 10 grand that the Dolphins win the Super Bowl. Where is that? Please. DraftKings, your website. It's a little frustrating sometimes. I got to click this and this. Just have the NFL always be up. You all know we want to bet the futures. The the props. Team futures. Here we go. Here we go. 2022-2023 winner. Dolphins at plus 3,000 odds. Here we go. Betting $10,000 live. $10,000. Yes, that's five zeros. Four zeros. And 10,000 pays 300 in 10,000. Yeah. Yeah. I will bet that. Absolutely, folks. Ten thousand on the Dolphins to win the big game. He's got the support, folks. There's, there's no, there is no ceiling to this man. The, the, uh, I, the next dimension. The next dimension is the ceiling for Tua, folks alrighty that is gonna do it for us today folks thanks for tuning in thanks for watching thanks for listening what did we get today oh breaking news Mavs announced Luka Doncic has started treatment for his left calf strain and there is no timetable for his return bum 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 Luka Doncic out for the Mavs they've got no chance they're lucky they're not in the playing tournament so he's got a couple more he's got about uh four or five more days of rest uh, they also are lucky they have to face The Jazz so they have a little bit of wiggle room in that uh, series because we know the Jazz are not reliable or consistent or clutch But it's not gonna be good for their long-haul dreams of winning the ring this year damn 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 All right, what else do we get breaking before we get out of here before we bounce up body? Anything All righty All right, nothing else breaking but uh, we got uh, playing tournament games tonight, folks. Ways to make some money. We're taking the points of both the games. Cavs plus the nine and a half. Clippers plus the three. That's how we're gonna try and make some money tonight. And then you parlay that. Whatever you win today, whatever you win tonight in the NBA, folks, you bet it on the Dolphins winning the Super Bowl. Yes. Do we have an understanding? Bet whatever you want tonight, and then take the winnings and bet it on the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl. All right, now that we're all on the same page of how to become rich, um, we're gonna get out of here, and we will see you back here live tomorrow noon Eastern, where we break down the playing tournament games, uh, we talk some other stories, and uh, maybe we get cracking on another draft prospect. Sound good? Kenny Pickett better than Malik Willis? It's not that hard to be better than him if you're worse. Yikes! 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 All right, folks, we'll see. What, we'll see Kenny Pickett tomorrow, hopefully, and see how many days we have to uh, put that off. But all right, folks, we are out of here. Have an absolute great one. Win some money. We'll be back here tomorrow, folks.